right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we are here a little bit later in the week than expected, bringing you the Ohio State-Michigan recap episode. And late on it. (laughs) It's still fresh in people's minds, right? I hope so. Well, maybe not. Well, well, yeah, for this show and then maybe not. After the show, after you hear the show, then wipe it from your brain and move on. Yeah. Well, I, I've still got everything pretty fresh on my mind. Like I've, uh, I was reviewing things and getting ready, and so I'm, I'm ready to okay. let it rip. But uh, we definitely had our voicemails come in, and so we usually start off with that. Um, and we definitely want to let people get heard. I know that uh, it's a little bit later this week, so maybe they were ready for earlier. But we've got your voicemails, and we will play them all here. We have not heard any of these before. So it will be interesting to see people's or see hear people's reactions. Uh, but we'll go ahead and get started here with the voicemails. Here's the first one up. Um, this is Stephen Brown, Twitter handle at Mr. Derail, nineteen eighty. Um, game's not over yet. It's, it's second and four right now with a minute and fifty left. <sighs> There's, there's, okay, the game's over now. Weber just ran the touchdown. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around in this game. Uh, drop interceptions, like the same, you know, Metellus and Cannell. Oh, man. John O'Corn, some of the play calls is, <laughs> but 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 I will say this: Ohio State is young, so that's I guess that's an oh no, that's not an excuse because they won't. Yeah, so, but but Michigan's youth is an excuse. Dwayne Haskins hasn't started a game, I don't think, but came in and, and looked better than a fifth-year senior. John O'Corn is 24 years old, and he he got outplayed by a 19-year-old. Now, this is where we miss Brandon Peters. He, They wouldn't have lost with Brandon Peters. But, you know, John O'Corn, all, all you John O'Corn fans, are, he is trash. He's a trash QB. I'm not going to talk about him as a human being. As a quarterback, he is garbage. This guy just took the snap. And he's been conservative all game. Tried to make a play where there was no play. Who was he throwing it to? Even the announcers were wondering who he threw it to. you 24 years old, man. I see some people on Twitter where he's a kid. No, I don't know any 24-year-old kid. I know 24-year-old grown men and grown women. He's not 16 and 17. This was – I look at Charles Woodson. Oh, man, I feel bad for Charles. Then some people lost their jobs today. Like some, some players probably going to lose their jobs too. Like Cannell and Metellus, my goodness, man, those, those are two of the worst safeties I've ever seen play for Michigan. And I've seen some bad ones. Those guys are not good. Um, I'm glad O'Corn's leaving. I'm glad Space is gone. <laughs> Excuse me. Gone. McCray. I'm glad a lot of people are leaving. They're going to be better. They're going to they're gonna win the game next year. But this, a lot of this was on, was on O'Corn today. Not all of it. A lot of it was on O'Corn. They got to get better in the, in the, in the, spring, in the winter. They, they, they use all that crap. That's out the door completely now. 
that's out the door completely. They better they better come back next year and have the mentality to not lose a game. There are no more excuses. Coach Harbaugh needs to get some people in here that know what they're doing, coaching wise, and they better start winning. I'm sick and tired of the excuses. I'm trying to hold my temper. This was um, most of this was on O'Corn. I'm glad he's gone and Spate can go with him too because he's garbage. It's time to win. Go blue. Love the show. All right, Stephen with the fire. Thanks for the voicemail. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I'll, I'll I there's a lot to say that I'm gonna be saying later, but some quick things that he kind of touched on. Um, yeah, it, it was disappointing and frustrating to see some things not uh, connect when we had ample opportunity. It's tough for anybody to essentially, as I always go back to, pitch a perfect game. So there are going to be some mistakes and everything like that. Um, play calling I'll talk about later. Uh, the thing that I will talk about youth, and this is huge and we've talked about it, yep. and uh, is the fact that the difference between the Ohio State youth and the Michigan youth is that Ohio State's players actually have seen the field. Yeah. Uh, yep. This year and last year because they build the lead and their players see the field for the third and fourth quarters. The only time that our players have been seeing the field, and, and I know, like, you That's know, it's, it's an excuse and it's not an excuse, right. but just to continue on that, that conversation that Stephen was mentioning is that Michigan youth doesn't see the field. When they see the field is when they're starting. There's no, like, we're going to put you in in the fourth quarter to get some uh, snaps under your belt. Like, if you do, that's like one or two snaps and just handing off the ball, basically. Because yeah, that, that. yeah it's been bad. Yeah, we've talked on that from the very beginning. And that he's absolutely, you, you and I are talking about, we have so many things to talk about in this during the show but that's one where every year every season you and i bring up the same thing is these are teams like air force cincinnati all those teams that we play we aren't blowing them out we are not blowing them out really not really we win them but we don't blow them out to a to a point to where you start getting some of that youth on the field and they're not seeing the field every year it seems to be the same thing is we don't put our foot on the neck and we just don't take it to them. That way you can get those youngsters in there to get some game time experience. And we just, I can't think about, think about a game that we actually just blew a team out and you can get the guys in very, very, very little. It's usually for like a minute or two and then that's it. Yep. Yeah. No, it's a great, I mean, Steven just, he made some great points, man. That's that was one of them. Yeah, and we'll definitely be talking more about some of the things that he touched on uh, later after the the rest of these voicemails. We've got quite a few, so uh, we'll go ahead and get to the next one. Hey, guys, it's Kirby. Uh, Ohio State game just finished, and uh, talk about talk about a mental roller coaster. Uh, going up 14 nothing gave me a lot of hope. Gave me a lot of uh, a lot of anticipation, but lots of mistakes on offense, offensive line, lots of uh, breakdowns, lots of uh, mistakes made, ill-advised throws, ill-advised non-throws, taking the sacks when you don't have to, just lots of mistakes. Uh, but didn't really expect, really wanted them to win. I really did. I really did. And about 
two and a half hours ago. I thought we had it. I thought we were going to win. But this is basically what I expected. Just stinks. It stinks for the seniors. Stinks for every, everybody involved. Um, but on to the on to the next on to 2018. Well, oh, that's right. We have a bowl game. So yeah, hopefully it's after Christmas. My personal belief is you don't get Christmas presents if your bowl game is before Christmas. Um, <laughs> but that's it. Go blue always. All right, Kirby. Thanks for the voicemail. Uh, that was pretty funny there, kind of about the presents. So, yeah, um, the one thing that I'll mention after that is I do – I f- would find it hard to think that there was any fan, any Michigan fan that did not have hope at one point in that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and he's absolutely right. He kind of thought, oh, man, some mojo going, and yeah. But uh, like I said, you know, it's just four quarters, man. This, we're not two-quarters football team. And that doesn't count. And uh, I'll touch on some of that other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, him talking about the bowl game, obviously Michigan's going to the Outback Bowl more than likely. So um, it's not set in stone, but most more likely they are. So that's the next game. But, like, you know, like you said, hopefully it's after Christmas. <laughs> so. Yeah, whichever way that pans out. Yeah, for sure. So. All right, uh, these next, we've got two voicemails here then from uh, one person, so we will uh, play them here back-to-back. This is Mr. M, Pat, History Insider. Oh, uh, man. Where are you? I don't know. I'm just going to go with the QB, talk about the QB play. I mean, uh, those first three drives with O'Corn, well, minus the first one, maybe whatever, but there's Wheatley, but those next two drives were something foreign, man. It looked so beautiful. I really thought O'Corn had got it. He bought in. He figured it out. But it, it didn't take long. Take very long at all for the old O'Corn to come leaking back through. I mean, First, first, yes, I've been hearing on Twitter for for 100 million times, different accounts. Yes, so Corn's an amazing guy, wonderful kid, and there's no doubt in my mind this kid is going to do amazing things within the realm of just regular society. There's no doubt. But if you guys think that he plays QB, he plays QB position good, uh, folks, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona I want you to buy for me because that may very well be one of the worst displays I have ever seen a Michigan quarterback put out on the field. Now, maybe ever. I mean, I've, I've, I've been around a long time, the bow, the bow years, and seen some – we've all seen some – this grew up in them years – Seen some great quarterbacks, and we come through the hokey years in the in the rich rod, and we saw some not so great too. But that right there, that display at QB, I don't even know what you would call that. I mean, I watched a Division One Power Five fifth year senior miss a wide open target at least four different times. I watched him hold on to the ball, 
roll out to the right, well past the, the tackle box, hold on to the ball, and and take a sack for huge losses. And just when I thought, I, I mean, I, I thought that could be, they couldn't get no worse. Just when I thought it could not get no worse, he says, hold my beer. Throws the ball while we were down by only four points. Yeah, four points. He overthrows the guy. He overthrows our double team wide receiver by, I don't know, 15, 20 yards. And it softly lands into the deep safety's hands for the INT and pretty much the game and pretty much any hopes we had, if we had any after the last few drives. And, uh, I mean, all I could. All right, and then here's the second one here to finish out his thoughts. Mr. M, that Mr. Insider. Um, got cut off there, fellas. Uh, I was rambling on a little too much. But anyways, I didn't want to get off before, you know, saying I think we could have won the game. I think this was as winnable a game as we played and lost this year. But that being said, I did see some good things from our young guys. Um, I am hopeful for the future, as I will. I think a lot of us are. But um, I definitely think uh, we saw a lot of character from a lot of different guys today. I think we had some pretty outstanding performances. Just that QD position got us again. But anyways, I didn't want to get off the short without saying go blue, always. And, man, I love this team. We just got to step it up a little more. Just tweak a few things and we're going places. All right, fellas, y'all keep up the great work. As always, I appreciate it. Go blue. All right, Mr. M, Mr. Yeah. Insider, I do believe first voicemail. Yeah, good friend on Twitter. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. you talk to him a lot. I talk to him as well. Uh, appreciate that uh, those two voicemails and everything and sharing your thoughts. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of things rough with the game. Uh, some promising things for the future, as most people have said. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I kind of don't want to get the ball, uh, rolling cause I don't think I'll get to stop. But Craig, any thoughts after that? No, is that it with the voicemails? No, we got, I got two more. Okay. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see, I could hear the frustration. It's next year, you know, that's how we work. And, but, uh, yeah, it, you can, you can tell the disappointment in, in these callers' voices uh, or, yeah, in the voice and the tone. And I, I echo with that, I was the same way. So, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, to, uh, not to get too far ahead, but a lot of things changing at Michigan, as everybody, I believe, is pretty well, aware um and we'll get to that uh, probably like maybe next week or the week after or something like that just changes happening talking about the future and kind yeah. of things that are, are the dominoes that are falling that happen at this moment All right yeah. so just uh w- we will touch on that but it won't be this week um but just uh for you guys to look forward to future episodes so we've got two more voicemails here we'll get to this one Blue, uh, Blue Rose, Michigan. Uh, 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 Sean from Muskegon. Um, 
Uh, Irish Wolverine. I uh, I had to I had to log off and just just decompress the game for or for a while. I didn't I didn't even want to hear anymore. Um, you know what, what, why couldn't we have that offensive line when we still had when we still had uh, Brandon Peters healthy? I mean, come on. Oh, uh, but I guess just enough about that. Okay, you had your time and you just kept overthrowing guys. And yeah, there were some there were some there were some drop passes and. And uh, definitely, definitely uh, inter, uh, interception went through the hands uh, there once. But, uh, my goodness, so many interception on fourth down, O'Corn. Uh, yeah, he, I know he owned it. Well, I, I, just, I just hope, for, you know, kind of a reset for the next season that uh, the, both the offensive line and Peter show up. That's it's really all I've wanted all season, just a simple Well, we had one that let him get a wheel on the Okay. Um, boom. All right. Uh, he broke up a little bit in there, but if you didn't catch it, he was saying stuff about hoping for – uh, better production from the offensive line, essentially better production from the offensive line next year and more positive things from Peters next year. Uh, and then there were some in there that I wasn't able to catch. Uh, he was breaking up a little bit. So um, another great voicemail from Iris Wolverine, always passionate. Um, and I think that would uh, probably have done everybody a little bit good to log off uh, for a little bit of time Saturday. I actually um, – on that note, I was not on social media whatsoever during the game. Um, I just uh, I was at my dad's house. Yeah. Um, it actually had been forever since I'd watched uh, a game with my dad, especially the game. Uh, so I was just like I answered a couple texts when I was uh, talking to a couple friends, but basically it was it. He and I sitting there watching the game. Oh, man, into a hundred and ten percent. Such a such an up and down game. But uh, any reactions to that voicemail, Craig? No, I mean, yeah, it's echoing with frustration in the game and pretty much how it seemed to be Michigan started off really well and then it didn't end well. So, yeah, we're going to touch on all that coming up. Yes, absolutely. So uh, here we are getting then to our last voicemail here. Hey, guys, this is Ray from Tampa watching the Michigan game for the third time. Um, had a good season. Our boys put up a good fight. Uh, there's still a lot of questions, definitely with the quarterback position. Do you believe the offensive line will be better next year? Um, did see a little bit of development with the wide receivers. But there's there's definitely some questions. Play calling was a little bit better, better than what I expected. Uh, this Michigan team, it's a lot of promise, a lot of promise. Uh, listen to everyone talking about Jim Harbaugh and possibly going to the NFL and all this other stuff and, you know, how he's not beating the rivals outside of Rich Rodriguez. He's the only one who is 0-3 versus Ohio State. 
What I will say is this. In his three seasons, Rich Rod went 15 and 22. Brady Hoke went 26 and 13. And without the bowl game being included, right now, uh, Harbaugh is 28 and 10. And his first season, those really weren't his guys. Pretty much that whole recruiting class was all Brady Hoke's. But he's done great development. He's showing where we're going. And we just need to stick with the plan. Uh, I got faith in Harbaugh. I know he's going to end up coming through. We just need to do more development with our quarterbacks, wide receivers. I think this experience and this hard time that they're going through, next year will be a whole different story. We'll see what happens in the bowl game. Once again, love your show. Uh, good season. Can't wait till next season. Um, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Go Blue. All right, Ray, thanks again for the voicemail. He's been calling in now a couple times. And also from Tampa, heads up, you might be right in primetime territory for the bowl game. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that he's probably been aware of that, but just to mention that. Um, yeah, I <clears throat> quick thing I'll mention off of that is, yeah, offensive line up and down the entire season. <sighs> we talked about last year, coming into this year, we talked about all throughout this year. That is going to be the oh, yeah. the thing moving moving forward. Like, because you see promising areas everywhere, but same as this season, same as next year, offensive line. I don't know if uh, coaching will be able to uh, create that edge there, or if it's just going to be you've just got to rehaul it with some guys. But we'll kind of see with that. But that's kind of future episode talk there. So I don't want to dive too far on that. But Craig. Uh, Reaction to that uh, last voicemail there? Well, I was right. And, you know, you're bringing up a great point. Is remember when we had the linebacker issue where our linebackers were a little bit slow and seems Don Brown, we got we addressed that. We got very fast, quick, athletic linebackers, and, and we did a good job. And then now, like you said, we really, really need to focus and recruit and get Jim Harbaugh's offensive line going big, strong guys to uh, really – block well and push this line so and that that is a must must need for michigan yeah oh one thing one thing i'd like to say before moving on where we just go straight into our talk and everything uh first of all uh thank you again everybody for the voicemails but get more of those and that's great isn't it yeah that that's like a huge part of why our why we're keeping up with the podcast and everything because it's just like we want to allow people to have that voice and everything but uh, one thing that I want to say that speaks uh, volumes about the listeners for our podcast, which I think is awesome, is that not one person um, was calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. No. Not one person. They, there was frustrations. Totally understand that. And, you know, uh, they're looking to the future and everything. But they, they understand and they know and they're, they've got a good head on their shoulders and they understand what's going on. And uh, it sucks that we have to keep looking to the future, but... This is a pivotal time, and it's it's cool that we uh, we had we've got great listeners. Well, yeah, and you got smart listeners, and we got great fans that are passionate, you know. And look look at the dumpster fire that's happening at Tennessee right now. You really want to go through that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me, Tennessee would snatch Harbaugh up in a heartbeat. So 
no, we're going to keep him. He's a fantastic coach. We all know that, but uh, yeah. So we're, you know, we're going to talk about all that. Yeah. So now to get into our conversation before, before we just let loose and go. Yeah. Michigan was uh, plus 12 for this game for the spread, at least when we did our projections and everything. So uh, that would have, they would have covered with the spread. Yeah. Over, over under uh, 50 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick with the lock it or dump it. We talked about Peter starting at QB. You dumped it. I locked it. Totally wrong on my part. A receiver will break 70 yards, uh, 75 yards. Uh, you locked it. I dumped it. We were wrong. Closest was Crawford yeah. at 57. Uh, the defense will get five or more stacks. We both dumped it. It was a dump. I think there was three on the day. Yeah. I have the stats here somewhere, but yeah. Anyways, uh, but the crazy thing that I didn't even realize, um, your your prediction was Ohio State 38, Michigan 14. I got it spot on. Did you realize? Dude. Yeah, I had 31 to 20. Dang, dude. Yeah. You know, like win something? Get that jackpot noise up. Oh, yeah, I got to get that up. Got to get Jack- that up. Oh, Sorry, that was loud. Yeah. I was so excited. Made it too loud. Um <laughs> But no, yeah. So I got it right on the dot. But then not even, not even that. And, and I, I know this really sucks that I'm like shocked that I was right. Re- well, relatively shocked that I was right. But I even explained how it was going to break down on how Michigan is going to keep this competitive. Then it's going to go into like the third or fourth quarter, really close, and then Ohio State's going to blow it wide open and make right. it a two possession game. And that's exactly what happened. I'm like, no, dang it, Caleb. Why am I? Why am I right about this one thing? You know, I'm not sure. I like you being right, though. <sighs> I know. I, I well, no. I told Michigan. I was like, Michigan, prove me wrong, and they didn't. So, man, you're guessing good today, man. You were on a roll. Oh, I know. All right, but uh, I or something. I don't know. I am. Uh, yeah, I gotta go buy some lottery tickets. I'm going to hand things off to you though, because. I have something that I want to get to, and honestly, I think I'm going to have to kind of like roll it all into one real kind of a thing because yeah. it all needs to be set at once. So I, I want to let you go, and, uh, and then I might take over for a few minutes because there's like – I don't want to call it monologue, but I, and I don't want to make it long, but it might, be, it might be long. So I want you to go first. Okay, well, you know – I should have writ- wrote down everything that I wanted to talk about. But... I did. See, that's the thing. I did. I so I'm like, did. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Dude, I know you did. I go, Caleb, be one and wrote it down. I'm just flying off the, you know, flying off the hook. I'm just kind of going at it spontaneous. So I might just say some things that I don't really want to say. I know we're a non-swearing show, but uh, you know, once in a while we'll throw a zinger in there. But uh, yeah, you know, frustrating game. Like I said. Um, you and I both kind of similar where we thought we'd be competitive in the first two quarter, you know, first and second quarter. And we were, but, uh, this has been Michigan's, uh, bugaboo all season is we play for four quarters. We don't play for two quarters. And my thing is this Michigan, even when we were up 14 to nothing, I think a lot of people said, Ooh, this is promising. I, for one, am actually one of those oddballs that actually didn't. You know why? And the reason was is uh, Michigan has really, really grinded, struggled, pushed, scraped, clawed their way 
to get one TD, and it takes everything out of them just to get a TD. Why Ohio State, on the other hand, it comes very, very easy to them. And that's why I thought we, we weren't going to win this game. And that's what you saw in this game. Michigan, yeah, we were up 14 to nothing. I thought our defense did great in containing JT Barrett and throwing off his back foot and had a hard time finding his receivers. Our secondary was money. thought they did great. Um, but they can only hold so long. And Michigan scraping to get those touchdowns, it just was too tough for them. And you know what? 14 to nothing is great against Ohio State. But you know what? They can, Ohio State can score 14 points within two minutes, and I wasn't buying it. I thought this this defense is going to have to really step up hard, and then our offense is going to have to take over. Um, the very fact is O'Corn being in there, I, I get why he was in there. Um, my thing is what Steven said. O'Corn is not a good quarterback. He hasn't been a good quarterback. You know, I'm still questioning on the very fact why uh, – uh, Jim Harbaugh and the staff and Pep didn't have Peters, you know, second, at least second behind Spate in the pecking order of quarterback and why O'Corn was in there. In fact, O'Corn, he said Spate and O'Corn was way above Peters in the beginning of the season, maybe. But the way he looked, he, look, <laughs> look, my thing is this. You look at O'Corn and Steven is dead on, dead on right what was glaring in this difference between Michigan and Ohio State is this. One person goes down, the other one steps up. And that's what you saw with Haskins. That kid walked in there, and it looked like he had no nerves. It looked like he played for four years at Ohio State. That's the difference between Michigan and Ohio State. We'll never beat Ohio State if we have that kind of uh, uh, that going. Same thing with uh, J.T. Barrett. He went down, and, you know, Cordell Jones came in. He stepped up, and he won the natty for him. And then now you had J.T. Barrett go down, and then you had Haskins get in there, and he didn't skip a beat. In fact, he actually looked better, which is scary. So that bugs me because if we have a quarterback down, even if he's remotely good, we're through. And and Stephen even said one thing. It was really uh, intelligent, and I loved it. Is he said – Ohio State's a young team. They are, and yet they don't act like a young team. We act. We are an excuse-making team. We always say, well, you know, our receivers are young. We're, you know, our quarterbacks really haven't, you know, done this. And, you know, our offensive line is still trying to feel each other out. And, you know, when it, and, I, and then I look at our defense, and our defense is playing like a four-year team. There's no excuses on the offense. I, I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to hear, hey, you know what, the offensive line just needs to gel a little bit more. No more. We should be able to plug and play just like Alabama does, just like OSU does, and that was so glaring in this game. Here's, when I saw, here's, ah. the, here's the thing, though, about that, and we talked about it a little bit. There's yeah. a big difference between um, – uh, shoot. Um, you were saying youth and you said a key word. Crap, what was it? Um, uh, be, be, uh, this difference between being a young team, but also a big difference between being an inexperienced team. Because right. that is what Michigan is. That is yep. not what Ohio State is, and that's what we talked about before. Right. But yes, right. both young teams, but then one is an inexperienced young team and the other is an experienced young team. Right. No. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my talk. That's what you saw in the game. You saw Ohio State just roll. They adjusted, and they really took out Michigan in the second quarter. Uh, second half, I think they knew that. I think even Urban 
Meyer knew that they're going to get rolling and Michigan just tanked, you know, our defense did as well as they could, but, uh, O'Korn, you know, I'm going to talk about O'Korn and just the way he is. And you know what he is, he's a senior. He isn't a kid. Just like Steven said, he's not, he, he, he 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 isn't a good quarterback. Great kid, but he's just not a good quarterback. He 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 probably should have transferred from Michigan, or moved on. Or you know, my thing is whether Jim Harbaugh. We know you and I know, and every Michigan fan base, a lot of Michigan know that Jim Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. My thing is, I'm questioning his judgment and his judgment on not seeing that maybe Peters in that spring game was better than a corn and Spate. And how they couldn't have saw that, I don't know. Um, there's probably reasons for it, but boy, O'Corn, you know what? As the season went on, he got worse, and that right there shows me something's wrong, you know, in coaching or something with development in that in aspect. I don't know. So yeah, well, I definitely, I definitely concur with you. And I was going to say earlier when you mentioned where you look back at, it and it's like they should have put Peters as the backup, not O'Corn. But right. on that note, and it's even been mentioned more now, but it was mentioned earlier in the season, uh, maybe not publicly, but it was out there, that there were big questions around Peters being able to lead. You know, there's a big difference between a, being a good quarterback and being able to lead at quarterback. So right. while you can be out there and you can perform and you can do things in practice and you can do things in a spring game, that's completely different than going out there and taking the – Team, the offense out on the field and leading them and directing them. You need to be a leader. You need to. You don't have to be a captain. You need to be a leader, though, and you need to be able to take control. If you can't take control, you know, because those were some of the things that were questioned. And so I can understand that. I can understand where that questioning that questioning was and maybe that hesitance um, by them. But yeah, it it should have been Spate, Peters, O'Corn. But besides that fact, yeah. um, Oh shoot. It was something else that you mentioned earlier that I was going to follow up on, and now I missed it. Well, oh, oh, oh uh, sorry, real quick, I got it. Uh, yeah. When you when you were saying they were up, uh, we were up by fourteen and everything. Um, yeah. The I, I uh, it was actually kind of funny because my wife was in and out uh, during the game, and she was just like, "Why aren't you getting? Why aren't you getting more excited?" Because I was just sitting there, and I was just like, I was quiet. I was watching the game. I was happy. I was happy with what I was seeing. But she's like, "Why aren't you getting excited?" I was just like, "Talk to me when the game is done." <laughs> at, at fourteen to zero, she's like, "Why aren't you getting more excited?" I, and I said, "Then talk to me when the game is done." Because we have seen this before with yep. games. We've seen it before with Ohio State games. It's just like, doesn't matter what happens in the first half. Show me what happens in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, you're battle-tested. Are you four-quarters battle-tested? Is U of M Michigan football battle-tested? That's the perfect team to do that. That's the teams you want. That's the teams you need to play year in, year out, that makes you work and work work your butt off all four quarters and not just say, hey, look at us. We did really, really well in the first two quarters, but now you know, we can kind of let our guard down. And no, um, I will say this, though, you know, yeah, I, I blame, you know, this – the quarterback play was bad, you know, and part of me wonders why O'Corn was even in there. But um, I will say this. I was very surprised by the O-line and offensive line that they actually did block um, and did really, really well. It surprised me. But then again, you got quarterbacks that are so used to all offensive line. It's kind of like they're so uh, used to not getting blocked 
that they're like they get like scurry feet and they throw the pass and O'Corn missed throws. He missed he missed so badly wide open guys. I just said, wow, there's another wide open guy he missed that there was no pressure on him to throw the ball and he still overthrew it. And it's just in their heads. I think all year it's just in their heads when every one of these quarterbacks is hike the ball and just throw it, even if they block well. And that's just it's one of those you know, they just can't I get why they do it. it it's, they're just so used to the old line not being very good that when they do do good, they don't know it. And so that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention right now? Or No, that's, I mean, I'll probably add here and there, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hit it. I'm going to get rolling, and so I'll ask you to bear with me because I'm going to try to keep it moving and flowing. You're talking. What? I'm sorry? I might have. I might go to the bathroom while you're talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, grab a drink, do some. Um, yeah, right. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna voice an unpopular opinion here right now. Um, but you gotta listen to everything. Okay. Uh, and there's two major things that I'm gonna uh, gonna be talking about here, and one is overachieving, and one is the other is underachieving. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, I'll start off and I say um, that I think it's awesome, and I appreciate it. we heard it in our voicemails and everything, and we saw a lot on Twitter. Of course, you saw the opposite side too about the love for corn as a person, as an individual. No, nobody can go against that. Um, and um, that speaks volumes for what mi- the Michigan fan base really is, honestly. It's not the stupid garbage you see with uh, people tweeting directly at players and recruits. It's, right. it's the stuff where it's just like, look, O'Corn may have been bad, but he's a great guy. Right. Mo- moving on, though, uh, yeah, this, there was a lot of disappointment with this game. Uh, but it just seems, and I know that a lot of different things have been covered, but goes back to and back to everybody's talking about corn. Honestly, though, this makes me laugh. It's laugh. It's honestly laughable to me because nobody is really stepping back and putting perspective to it. Like, did anybody expect him to just all of a sudden come out and be Tom Brady? Like, I, like, I don't understand. Uh, you and I both, I, we certainly didn't. Yeah, so. well, like, people are getting mad, and it's just like he's garbage. And it's just like, okay, yes, he's a bad quarterback. What did you expect? He, w- right. he was not playing. He had one good, relatively good performance against Purdue, and then he was he did a poor job after that. So what did, what did you expect for this game? Everybody's getting mad like they thought that he was going to come out and do 180. Right. And it's just like, no, he's the th- he is the third quarterback that's been on the field for Michigan. They're not going to put a fresh quarterback out there that hasn't played at all. You know they're not going to do that against Ohio State. No. Uh, so this this is where they were at. But uh, he, he definitely didn't play great. He, he had a bad performance, but he did some good things. But this is the thing that I'll say, and I know this, th- that this is true for probably 90% of people or more. Mm-hmm. He beats your expectations. So just stop and calm down for a minute. Because, you, you know, honestly what I think is that we got spoiled. Because we had Jake Rudock come in, and he rocked it. Jake yep. Rudock did an amazing job transferring in, and he did a great job. Not everything is going to work out that way. Jake uh, Was uh, O'Corn good? No. Would he have done better at a different school, maybe in Mac or something? Sure. Yes. You know, that's going to happen sometimes. Not every quarterback you're going to get is going to be, you know, hitting out of the park and everything. And you know what? If we had healthier quarterbacks, he would not have been on the field. Like, he was a backup backup. So you you have to – like, everyone's, like, 
discrediting what he really is and thinking he's the starting quarterback for Michigan. He should be better than this. No, he's not. He's a backup backup. So then everybody goes off about it. So, so really for everyone who like, like I said, I know most people have been showing an appreciation for who he is, but then just absolutely like some people are tearing him apart about his game. It's just like, just stop. And, you know, yeah, that's realize, right. realize you're, you're, um, you're going after the wrong thing, and he beats your expectations. This is the thing. Prediction, the predictions that I saw for this game had people scoring, saying that Michigan was going to score 7 points, 10 points, 13, 14. 17 was the highest. Craig, you even yourself predicted Michigan would only put 14 points up. Yeah. 17 was the highest I saw. I put up 20. Mm-hmm. O'Corn comes out there with the offense and produces 20 points, 20 points. That is higher than everyone predicted. And he went out there and put up 20 points. Guess what? He exceeded expectations. He put up more points with this crappy offense, with this crappy offensive line. And he put up 20 points against Ohio state in a rivalry game. So he exceeded expectations when everybody was saying he was crap. And yes, he had a poor performance, but he still performed well enough to put up 20 points, honestly, what should have been 21. And uh, he, yes, he, he missed receivers. He threw the interception and everything, but really honestly, like up until there was that uh, two minutes and 40, uh, 40 left in the game, it was 24 to 20. You know, people still had hope. He was still keeping like, I know like he wasn't necessarily keeping them in the game. Maybe it was more on the defensive side of things, but still, he was performing well enough with the offense to keep them in that game. And everybody, as soon as he threw that interception, completely threw, threw that out of the window, which is kind of like, oh, screw it. You know, all those guys, were you surprised that those guys were so open and he missed them? Uh, yeah, I was surprised at that, too. And I was upset about yeah. it, too. He, he, had, he had a bad performance. Like, he had bad mistakes and everything. So I'm not saying, like, he's a better quarterback than you think. Uh, you guys should give him more love. No, I'm just saying he exceeded right. your expectations, so people need to recognize that. Because look at this. If he had not thrown that interception and if uh, if they were just able to keep the ball on the field and it wound up being 24-20. to 20, He was going to march down that field. You know that. Well, no, no. I'm not saying that that would happen. But if, if it had just been where they kept the ball and they were able to, like, stay on the field a little bit longer, if the right. defense hadn't given up that dumb touchdown where it turned out to 31-20, uh, if it had ended 24-20, to 20, he could have gone down as being the backup quarterback that gave Michigan a chance, that gave a crappy Michigan yeah. offense a chance. But that one interception happened, then the uh, Ohio State scored again, and it completely right. flipped. It completely flipped. And people are yeah, ripping him for it. I blame him for that. It looked like, you know, that to me, yeah, it was a poorly thrown ball. And, every, you know, he it's just what he does. He's done it quite a few times all throughout the year. But if you look, you know, I don't know. To me, if you ask me, why in the world are you running a route that way? And why are you going to play call like that? And usually that's a kind of play call that takes time to develop. If you're doing a hook and then go back out, that usually takes time. Why would you do that? It, yeah. it didn't work throughout the whole year with him. And you're doing, I looked at the route again. I went, why would you run a route like that when our offensive line doesn't even block that long? And yet it, it it's, wasn't working all game. You didn't throw any balls 20 yards. So why didn't you just stick to what you know and what we were doing? And they tried that god-awful play. I don't know if it is his fault or if they called it. But, man, it was a bad call, double-covered. Like, um, 
I think um, Mr. M was saying, but um, I don't know, man, you're right. It, it, yeah. He, I, I was a little bit surprised by how well Alcorn played in the beginning, like you said, but uh, my expectations of him was that's Alcorn. <laughs> that's what he does. And for Pete, yeah, people were getting really mad at him. I just said, look, that's Alcorn. That's what he's done all year. I'm not, I wasn't surprised. So. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing too. That, that was a huge mistake on his part. He owned it. it. I think it was a bad play call too. The receiver from my understanding was doing the right thing where he read the defense oh, he and, and he broke off. So corn totally screwed that up. Yes. But here's another thing. To, uh, well, I'll get to that here in a second, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, but that's the thing too, is like uh, so many people were not even going to the game because they were expecting it to be lost. Ocorn gave them a chance. He gave them a chance, and mm-hmm. uh, and and like I said, most everybody got hope up about it. But then, as soon as he makes the big enough mistake that kind of kills it, yeah, it was mo- one mistake. But there's more mistakes in this game too that I'm going to get to. Um, everybody basically just wants to hang him out to dry, and it's just like, okay, two seconds ago you gave me hope, but now screw you, you suck. And it's just like, dude, what did you expect? Like I already said, he was a backup, backup. And people expected him to come out and be Tom Brady or something. But um, like I said, I'm not saying that and no one can be upset or frustrated. I'm just giving a different perspective to this. But um, uh, talk, going back, underachieving, overachieving. O'Korn honestly over, did overachieve. But then this, this is the thing, too. Backup, backup quarterback. How much are you going to expect from him? Hasn't played well all year. What, what is going to change now all of a sudden for this, that he's going to play a perfect game? This is where things are different. This is where the underachieving honestly happens. The defense. And I'm, and I'm not blaming them and saying this game is lost because of the defense. But really, honestly, approach it and think of it. Like I said, O'Corn has played like crap. So all of a sudden, you're going to expect him to play well. The defense has been playing well all year. And they had several huge mess-ups that could have completely altered this game. And, and, but they had some uh, several mess ups. So why? So you're holding a backup quarterback uh, to high high standards when he's never even reached those standards. When you have this defense that has played amazingly, and they did in the first quarter, they did an amazing job, and they did a good job throughout the rest of the game. But then they underachieve at certain areas, so then you lower the bar for them. I don't, I don't really understand why nobody's talking about these defensive meltdowns. I know Steven mentioned a little bit with the secondary, and especially the dropped interception. But this defense has played well, and they had several times where they could have completely changed what was happening in the game, like that interception did that John that O'Corn threw, the defense could have done the same thing to Ohio State, but they didn't. They right. came up short. They were not performing at the highest level that they could have. And like I said, I never expect anyone to pitch a perfect game. But here, here are some of the examples. Third and nine produce a 21-yard touchdown run. Third and nine. Turned into a twenty-yard touchdown run. Who's that? Uh, who's that quarterback? That was uh, J.T. Barrett. That okay. was the first touchdown run. Then, right. first and ten for uh, for the, their second touchdown. First and ten turned into a wide open, wide open twenty-five-yard touchdown reception that was way behind the secondary. The guy could have caught it, stood yep. still, and still gotten into the end zone when he caught it. 
yep. defensive meltdown. So this this is the thing that Michigan is known for that we said the the defense had a chance. And, and, and that's what that's what I said last week. The defense has nothing to hang their hat on. I said for this year, they've had a great year. Great performance. They have nothing to hang their hat on. They could go into this Ohio State game and they could continue their rolling and continue dominating te- uh, dominating teams and do it to Ohio State and hang their hat on and say, hey, the season was a bummer, but we beat Ohio State because we did it. No, they did not. They had the opportunity, but they didn't. And so well, they, ha- they, they had other opportunities right. to third and 13. Completed into double coverage by their backup QB. Like we've been talking about, they let a backup QB come in and act like it was his own house, completing a third and 13. If that had happened, that would have stopped another touchdown. So that would have been 20 to 14 still, instead of be- well, turning into 21 to 20. Well, you know, my answer to that is, well, they're young. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but this is but this is the thing that I'm pointing out is just like it's under it's te- it's really technically falling under that underachieving because like I said, O'Corn did more than we expected. Yes, it was a crappy performance. It looked ugly and there were still missed opportunities, but he still put up 20 points, which was more, like I said, more than anyone was really predicting. And then well, here is our star defense that has all these opportunities. And like I said, I'm not expecting them to correct all these and pitch the perfect game, but if they had done one of these things, especially on these third downs it would have been a huge difference maker that could have changed the game. Well, I, and, you know, I, I will agree with you on part of that. But, you know, some of it, I, you know, I've, I've harped on, I've said that this defense can only hold so long. You got a, a, an offense that can't move the ball. They did in the first, first half of the game. They were absent in the second half. They just couldn't move the ball at all. So there was nothing. It was very anemic. And then the defense just says, you, you know, we can only hold and do so long, and then you get a guy named Haskins comes in there, a totally different quarterback, and I don't know if they're prepared for him at all to come in, but they, you know, he lit him up, and yeah, I think the defense was just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's you know, there's times where I'm like, that's where I'm talking about this. This team needs to be four quarters uh, battle tested. They're not battle tested for four quarters. They might be two quarters or three, but they're not four quarters. And that's what you saw, even the defense. And like you said, this defense needs to be four quarters battle tested to win. But, um, you know, my my thing is, I'll ask you this. How many of the if we didn't have Don Brown and this defense and him coaching this team all season, how many games you thought think we would have lost if this defense didn't keep us in the games? That's the I thought we would have lost more. I thought it's just this defense was so good, but oh yeah, yeah. and and that's and that's the thing too, where they have been performing like that, and then they they had these things happen in this game. But if you're giving a write off for the defense, I'm being like, well, you know, it it you can't perform like that throughout the entire game, or like they've had that issue where they can't do that every quarter. Then you give the write off to the offense too, because they both had a complete right. flip from the first quarter oh, to yeah. the second quarter. Oh yeah, exactly. And they did. You're absolutely right. And that's the thing is, you know, the offense put up 14 to 20 points, but I, I didn't expect, look, if you, someone said, Hey, I'll spot you 20 points for Michigan in the first half, I would have said, you're going to need more than that. <laughs> It's the first thing I would say against Ohio State. You're going to need more points than that to beat them. And that's exactly what happened. You can't – there's no uh, 
Look at Iowa. Iowa rolled over Ohio State because they knew we're going to have to score more points than 20, and they had to. And you know what? John O'Corn did best he could, and, you know, he had a bad game, and he had some good spots where he did okay, and then there's times he was, he was god-awful. But you're right. It's, you know, the defense didn't pull their part. They didn't say, hey, you know what? We're going to have to step up because this side of the ball is not doing their best, and we're going to have to show – Ohio State that were still the best defense in the country and they didn't do it. So, yeah, and and that was the thing. There were more examples, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not expecting that they should have fixed all these, but if one of them had been different, it could have completely changed. Because because I'll go further with this. Let me name the last few plays here. But third and four, they they allowed a 28 yard reception to set them up for a field goal, which changed it to 24 to 20. You know, uh, uh, change it from where a field goal can get us back in this game or get us the lead in this game to now we have to score a touchdown. Huge, huge change too when we missed that extra point. That that was a gut wrencher. But then also there was a third and seven. This didn't account for points, but there was a third and seven conversion, uh, third down conversion for them for twenty eight yards where they wound up missing a field goal. But that was taking off more time on the clock. Now here's right. the thing where it changes for. Uh, could change things because if that extra point had not been blocked, you know, because honestly, this, this is a mentality thing. If it had been 21, 21, they had gotten a field goal and it was 24, 21 for that last run. There's a huge different mentality uh, behind the fact of, okay, we're going to try to make it as far down the field as we can in two minutes and 40 seconds. If we get a touchdown, awesome. We get the lead. If not, if we're in field goal range, we can still tie it compared to the mentality of 24 to 20. We have no option, but to get a touchdown in two minutes and 40 seconds. Right. Right. Exactly. Huge mentality difference. So, um, I mean, like I said, essentially after their interception, everybody died. Defense ro- It was almost like the defense rolled over. They got that easy second uh, touchdown after that where Weber just, like, walked in practically. But well, was three minutes left to go in the game. So, yeah, it's pretty much out of reach. So, with that, I believe that interception, the last one you're talking about? Yeah, the interception was at 240. So, okay. then Ohio State had the ball for a little bit. They chipped off a little bit kind more of, at the time. Yeah, it kind of sealed the deal, but uh, right. But then my thing is this, is I'll ask you is, remember I was talking about in these games that uh, uh, Michigan against Ohio State, there's always one play that seems to throw off the whole game. You know what I mean? Momentum shift plays. There's a play. There's a a call. There's a... um, there's certain things within this game that I call momentum shifters that that Michigan just can't dig themselves out of. They don't know how to ment- mentally get themselves back in the game and, and write it off. Do you know, is anything come to mind with you? I've got mine. I know what, which one it was. Uh, well, I've got several that come to mind, so I'm interested to know what specific one you're... I have one and one alone, and it, it was the Mattel's drop. And that's... He had an interception right in his hand. He dropped it. That led to the first touchdown, I believe, for Ohio State. That led to that right there would have been a a serious game changer probably within not the whole game, but, I mean, at that moment that gave it right back to Michigan, and it just led to a touchdown. And those are the kind of plays I'm talking about that I just, you know, and I'm not going to. You know, and I, you and I could probably talk in another hour on the bad. I, I'm not even talking about the bad calls in this game. A lot of holding, a lot of terrible holds on Klee Hudson and just blocks in the back and just god awful. Even when they, you know, some of the 
refs are going under center or going under replay and they come back in the same thing. I'm going, are you, you, you literally aren't seeing the same things we are. Um, and some of those egregious calls were never there. And, you know, just that kind of stuff pisses me off. And I'm always wondering whether there's conspiracy theory. You should get that X-Files song going, but, um, (laughs) but you know, it just seems like Michigan's always on the bad end of bad calls with this team. And, I don't know what happens year in and year out, but, you know, we're going to have to battle the refs and this team every year. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Mattel's drop really hurt. And I I think that was that's one of those plays where you just look back and you go, dang, man, that one hurt. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, w- that would have been a huge one, too, and I didn't even mention that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I honestly think moving forward, because I definitely do agree with you, because this is – it's garbage every year with the play calling. I mean, yeah. last year was a very blatant one where it was just an uproar, and there was still some blatant stuff in this game. But it's just like for Michigan to win this, Michigan has to just straight-up dominate. Because yeah. if there's anything 50-50, we're not going to get it. No, we're not going to get it. No, nope. but uh, but I'm still not finished with some of the things that I had here um, because uh, to wrap, kind of, kind of getting towards the end of thing. Like I said, it, it's a big difference between the backup quarterback. That's not. Yes, I agree. Is not a good quarterback, but he overachieved, overperformed what most people thought by uh, running that offense and helping them get 20 points up on the board. While then you have, really, honestly, when you compare it an underachieving defense that had ample opportunity to have as much impact on this game as the, uh, uh, as the quarterback did uh, essentially underperformed. Like I mentioned uh, now, here's the difficult thing too. Uh, in any of the games that our defense has allowed over 200 rushing yards this year, we lost and we allow Ohio state put up 226. Oh yeah. Another, right. another thing on the defense, not saying if we kept them under 200, it would have guaranteed a win, whatever. Um, but then, um, only two of the six games where Michigan allowed more than uh, more than 250 yards uh, total did Michigan win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I can't remember the total from this one. But uh, here, here's the thing to look at, too. All right, everybody, um, and, and I'm just, you know, this is the thing about going back to where, yes, he, he had a bad game. He didn't. Uh, he had huge, some huge mistakes and everything, but still, look at some of the things they hid, did with the 20 points. All right, here we go. Ru- uh, for the Rutgers game, Peters put up 124 passing yards. Our rushing put up 334, won that game. Minnesota, we only had 56 passing yards. Rushing, 371, won that game. Here's more of an even one. We're passing for Maryland. We had 145. Rush was 160, won that game. Uh, Wisconsin, which was the loss, 157 passing yards for uh, Peters. Rush was 58. So then uh, O'Corn comes here for this Ohio State game, rivalry game, puts up 195 passing yards. Yes, there was interception. 195 passing yards against the 15th-ranked secondary defense. And our rushing, uh, our, our rushers were only able to put up 100 yards, while, yes, still against the 13th-ranked rushing defense. But it's just like there was... That's that's not going to help. Th- that's also right. setting up for more failure. So there's another angle too, where it's just like he he was. Yes, he made mistakes. He messed up, but he still had some good performance because he was carrying it. I mean, one ninety five. That's more than what we've seen before. 
in right. wins and, and losses. And there was times he held onto the ball too long. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Too long where it's just like, what are you doing? Throw the ball away. And he didn't. And he actually, in a way, if you think about it, if he was semi-decent in the game, I mean, well, semi-decent quarterback, I don't mean this game, but just okay, he would have hit those open guys. He actually would have probably put up 250 yards more just by if he would hit those open receivers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, our – the game plan for Ohio State and the, what defense was to shut down the run, and they did that. And they're going to let O'Corn throw all he wants, and a lot of teams did it. Heck, Ohio State didn't have to throw the ball. They did a lot of draws and a lot of read options in this game. They did similar similar to what they did against uh, Michigan State, and they ran all over. They just they've got a one you know one two punch running back in Dobbins and um, Weber. And then you, of course, what do you got? You got a quarterback that can run too. So it's just always, it's it's kind of a tough thing to stop, and that's what happened. Yeah. Well. Um, so. So just to kind of wrap it up, like I said, I'm basically what I'm saying is everybody is blaming O'Corn, and I'm just like seriously, people. Uh, and we say about every game, like if one or two things change, this would happen. If one or two things change, this could have been a 24 to 21 game, like easily. Right. If if that interception had not happened and Michigan was able to stay on the field just a little bit longer, it could have been a 24 to 20 game at least if that dumb block thing hadn't happened, which had nothing to do with O'Corn. It could have been 24 to 21. So what would the narrative be? This is how close it was, and this is what's really kind of – a bummer for everybody um, uh, for some of the strong hate for corn, but it's just like if, if there was just that little tweak there where it was still lost, but yeah. that interception didn't happen and it finished 24 to 21 or 24 to 20. What right. would have the, the narrative been that John O'Corn would have gone out with? He was the backup quarterback that kept Michigan in the game where nobody oh, had any he's hope. A backup, backup. Yeah, that nobody <laughs> had any hope, and he gave Michigan hope, and they almost did it. That could have been the narrative, but because the mainly, and yes, I know there were plenty of other mistakes, but mainly the thing that sticks out to everybody because of how ugly it was was that interception. So that narrative changes to complete trash then, which is. Yeah crazy and ridiculous because like i said we already knew he wasn't good but he still performed for that game and stepped up even though it wasn't a a nice uh and you know mistake free performance but he stepped up to the plate well that's the thing is i'll ask you then is do you see it as since o'corn really isn't really a great you know good quarterback at all do you blame this coaching staff as See, like I just said earlier, as I said, I, I believe Jim Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. I, I'm questioning his judgment only because the very fact is, if you look at the spring game in the very beginning, it kind of played out where Peters really was our best option to me, our quarterback, and then the rest follow suit. You know, I get why people put Spate in the beginning because he started last year and did pretty well and won nine to ten games. That's great, but uh, but my thing is. The very fact is, do you put it on the coaching that John O'Corn is in that uh, predicament? It looked like to me that O'Corn was thrown into a predicament that he shouldn't have been in in the first place, in a way. For this Ohio State game yeah. or for the season? Yeah, for, for this Ohio State game. Like, he, yeah, I mean, I think there was times that he thought, oh, wow, this is cool. But I just, it felt like to me that he was like, look, I'm just a backup to the backup to the backup. <laughs> 
you know, and did the best I could. And you know what? You know, I don't think he was good at all in the very beginning anyway. So I'm, was I surprised? No, I'm like with you. I'm actually wasn't surprised. Actually, surprised that he actually scored two touchdowns, that he actually d- drove the ball down the field like you. But um, I'm my thing is whether I'm questioning the staff and their judgment on whether they actually this whole media mediocrity in the quarterback position is maybe reared its ugly head because of the very fact is everybody's fighting and jockeying to be that guy and really you come away with nobody and me i thought that they should have probably just went with peters started with him yeah we might have lost a couple more games this year but at least he'd been battle tested for next year yeah well he is already battle tested uh somewhat but yeah i mean like what uh, you do what you can when you lose two two quarterbacks right oh yeah yeah i mean in line what do you do you can't do and you can't put in you know malzone and you know we we've never seen what he could do but uh yeah that probably would have been really really bad but uh we never will know that but you he put it they put in the best guy they could everybody else was injured i get it um but uh my thing is just the very fact is going into the very beginning of the season thinking that o'corn was remember how they were saying spate and o'corn are neck and neck not really <laughs> Not really. So, and my thing is whether those two Peters is, uh, doesn't do well in practice, but he does really, really well when he's actually playing the game and vice versa. Like a corn practices really, really well, but he's not very good in game experience. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, we all, we also already said about like the questions of being able to, uh, control the huddle and everything and do things on the field for in gameplay because i mean yeah maybe you performed well in practice but maybe there are issues in the huddle in practice so if you're having issues issues in the huddle in practice then what's going to happen game day when you have a uh, a clock uh that's uh doing everything so who knows it's it's tough to tell uh, i mean it, hindsight's 2020 20. it's easy to say uh, on the back end and be like well this is what should happen so yeah, it's tough to say. Honestly, I mean, it could have been, too, that um, and part of the things that we're seeing happening now, but not to get too far into it, it Harbaugh is setting up for next year. Oh, yeah. The team is. is setting up yeah. for next year. And so it could yeah. have been an easy thing where he's just like, I've got Spate and O'Corn who are uh, both basically on their way out. I mean, Spate could have stayed on a little bit longer uh, if he chose to. But it's just like. Let's use this. This is gonna be the. This is gonna be the end. This is gonna mark. This is gonna close the door on right. the, uh, not Hoke era, but the Hoke influence on this team. And then next year is gonna be gonna be fresh. We're gonna we're gonna go with, you know, the guys that I've specifically recruited to run this team. So I'm. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. So. But I do think uh, that I'll say I know that we're running long on time here and everything. But quickly to say, I do think that the play calling was uh, vastly improved for this game. Yeah, I think there were some mistakes too. But compared to the typical Michigan game, this was exactly what it needed to be because it kept it helped keep Michigan in the game. So, right. um, but yeah. yeah, there there could have been some improvements with that. But it was nice to see some things change up, some plays that worked out really well, some plays that didn't work out really well. Yeah, I mean, there was a few good things, but, uh, yeah, I mean, disappointing, but that's Ohio State, man. They, you know, they 
plug and play. They get <laughs> until we can do that, we'll be able to um, compete with them. Yeah, which next next year it might start because you'll have Peters with game experience, McCaffrey who's been in the system for a little while, uh, who will be right there. Um, Milton will be coming in. You know, uh, the the quarterback situation should not look the same. Moving oh, yeah. forward, the big question mark for me, as we'll talk about more later that I already mentioned, is the offensive line, though. But uh, we don't need to really get into that. So right. we're over time. Anything yeah. else that you want to make sure to mention before we close things off here? No, that, uh, you know, very fact is we have, uh, I think we had uh, 10 players on the defensive line, our defensive honors, that uh, big 10 honors. So that was really cool to see. So. 10 of them that's really good so yeah for sure people for sean gary mo you know hurst winovich so winovich had a heck of a game so did gary so yeah it'll be interesting to see if winovich decides to stay or not so well, i hope winovich stay buddy please stay we need you <laughs> i know that that could be huge so but we'll yeah. see all right uh well we're over it's past uh past time so we will finish things off there uh, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in a lot here that we said about the Ohio State game. But as always, as everybody was saying, it's still go blue, uh, yeah. and we'll stick with it. And, well, we'll finish off with exactly that. Go blue. Go blue.